0: Hormon, skriver du kontakta läkare. Använder ej mer än tre månader utan läkarekontakt. Stort tackna sånex och bianoutsider.se.
1: One guy wrote like, like last year like that he just didn't like my face. <laughs> said Washington, Welcome Sweden. It's okay, I just can't stand this main character's face something like that. And <laughs> for some reason I can't stop thinking about that tweet. Like.
0: Välkommen till Värvet International Det här är Kristoffer Triumph Och vad är det här nu då? Snackar han svenska i Värvet International? Ja, jag gör ju det Även om det här avsnittet Finns på engelska också så tänker jag att För er som har missat Att det finns en engelskspråkig variant Av Värvet så tänker jag Att jag postar den i båda kanalerna Så kanske ni upptäcker det Och är det första gången du lyssnar på Värvet International så prenumerera gärna. Det gör du via e-cost-appen eller din vanliga poddspelare eller iTunes eller hur du nu brukar göra när du prenumererar. Det vore jättesnällt om du gjorde det. Tack så hemskt mycket. Och apropå taxi så ska jag också säga att Värvet International sponsras av Uber. Det är ju en fantastisk tjänst som gör att taxi känns som stenåldersfasoner att åka i. Och då är det så här att Uber har ett rätt fantastiskt erbjudande till dig som lyssnar. Om du inte har ett Uber-konto men skaffar ett med koden VARVET så får du åka gratis för 150 spänn. Och så stödjer du alltså VARVET samtidigt. Så skaffa ett konto nu om du är i Sveriges två största täder eller ska åka dit och ladda ner Uber-appen. Börja Uber med koden VARVET. Tack så mycket Uber! Jag har varit lite besatt av veckans gäst och skäms tydligen inte för att erkänna det. Det ska du få höra alldeles strax. Det där började när jag upptäckte Parks and Recreation för ungefär sex år sedan. En serie som har Amy Poehler i huvudrollen. För sanna komedinördar så är det givetvis synd och skam att jag inte v- visste vem hon var förrän då. Hon är ju en klassisk Saturday Night Live-skådis- men hur som helst, det började gå rykten om att hennes brorsa bodde i Stockholm också. Och på något sätt så kunde vi bevisa det genom något slags googling eller hur nu var. Men sen följde den här Greg Poehler i glömska tills något mina första egenaste uppgig typ 2011. Då dök han upp på listan över andra som skulle köra också. Det där och att behöva förhålla sig till att ens syster är en av världens absolut största komiker- det ska vi prata om alldeles strax. Och kort efter att jag och Greg sågs första gången så har det ett nytt rykte- att han hade sagt upp sig från sitt helt vanliga jobb och börjat skriva en humorserie. Och som du kanske vet så heter den serien Welcome to Sweden och handlar om Bruce- en kille vars liv extremt mycket påminner om Gregs egna. En amerikan, Greg alltså, eller ja, Bruce- Träffar en svensk tjej som spelas av Josefin Borneburs. De flyttade till Sverige och där börjar serien som också har en massa härliga skådespelare från båda sidorna av Atlanten. Som Lena Olin och Will Ferrell till exempel. Welcome to Sweden drog inte bara miljonpublik i Sverige. Den är också såld till USA där första säsongen har gått på NBC nu i somras. Och det gick fantastiskt. Större än så blir det liksom inte. Och när vi träffar Greg så är en mitt i inspelningen av säsong två av Welcome to Sweden. Så från ateljén i mars 2015, Greg Pohler. Varsågod! så goda.
1: How you today, sir? I'm good. Thank you for having me in your lovely abode. But uh, you told me that you were hungover today, because you yes. had... A... Well, I'd like to, you know, I want my voice to be as, as uh, sexy as possible during mm. these things, so it's a choice I made. Now, we had our, uh, we're halfway through production of second season, so we had our, I don't even know what you would call that in English, it's Mietfest in Swedish. But yeah, like midfest. Middle, middle party?
0: <laughs> uh, actually, when I wrote it down, auto Correct suggested Midfest,
1: so... Uh, oh, really, Midfest. I don't know. Well, it's a party, yeah. and it's
0: in the middle of production.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm not, maybe we don't have them in, in the U.S. because we have no name for it. Well, yeah, and maybe you shouldn't
0: have either. I This might be a bit, what do you call it, uh, judgmental mental on Swedes, but my picture is that we're good workers in a way, but we also work less than Americans.
1: Definitely, yeah, and... Celebrate when you're only halfway finished, apparently. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think Swedes are very um, efficient with their time but also would never give up like their weekends and holidays and things like that. Whereas, I mean, I worked in New York as a lawyer for six years and I worked every weekend and never really thought about, you know, about not working on okay. <laughs> those weekends. Yeah. It's just kind of an accepted way of life whereas here you know a lot of the lawyers that i know here even the ones that work a lot they don't work weekends hardly ever and how long was an average work week in new york for you? um well i chose to come home f- at night <laughs> and then work weekends that was kind of the choice so was, i would say it was between like nine and nine monday through friday and then five or six hours on the weekends days those were that was my that's too much Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for looking out for me. (laughs) You get paid a lot though. So, yeah, I mean, it becomes, it becomes your life when you're, when you're in that environment. We were
0: discussing that uh, I've spent some time in Los Angeles now and I I was, uh, we've been discussing that someone should start a Swedish, like a carpenter service for renovating houses and so forth. Because in general, I'm not sure that this is true anymore, but People tend to be on time in Sweden, and yeah. they, and I mean, if if they say something is going to be finished by a, a date, it's probably going to be finished by that date, mm-hmm. and so forth. I've understood that that's not the case in in, in Los Angeles,
1: anyway. Okay, okay. Well, this is your business idea then? The Swedish handyman is what you're trying to? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> import? Yeah. Just punctual and und- not very good. But gets it done on time. Yeah, and use <laughs> l- loads of pine. As you see, we're, we're crazy good luck about with that. that. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so
0: we actually know each other a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I think we met the first time when you were sort of in pre-production of your show. Mm-hmm. I remember we we had a coffee, but that wasn't the first time. No, I think we met when I was doing stand-up actually. Mm. Because we sort of... St- Do you remember Big the Bandit. date of your first
1: gig? No. But D- it was... Do you? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, that might Not, have been not of me- yours. <laughs> That's what I meant. Are you keeping track of me? No, I don't. I actually have no idea. No. I think it was December of some year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I would, I would I guess well. Yeah, maybe? exactly.
0: Something like yeah. that. Because I, my first was September 2012, I think. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps October. And then we sort of met in the Stockholm stand-up scene, yeah, yeah, but I didn't go through with that. I, I sort of dropped out,
1: uh-huh. but you kept doing it. I do it from time to time. I wouldn't say I'm a stand-up. I mean, I, I do it very infrequently, especially now when I'm shooting the show, but uh, of course. yeah. No, I, I still do it periodically, but I still don't feel like I've ever really um, devoted the time required for it.
0: How come? Well, you're a family man.
1: You have three children. uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, And you had two when, or is that correct? Right. Yeah. Just my third is is two now. So, just turned two. Yeah, I I would love to do it. Some. I would love to spend some time and try to actually master that. But yeah, it's tricky with money and all. It's not exactly a money making venture, or can be, I guess. But uh, there's easier ways. But don't you have a really rich wife? (laughs) where have you heard that i don't know but she's a lawyer right (laughs) wait a minute i don't i'm interested in how you how you came to that conclusion conclusion because she's a lawyer she's really really rich she's a swedish lawyer so yeah but
0: she used to work in in the u.s yeah yeah so did i that's how we
1: met i don't know
0: I've just thought that you guys had loads of cash <laughs> laying around at home. We
1: do. We have we have lots of just random. Ca- we we sleep in a bed of money. You do. I, I do. Yeah. My side of the bed is is filled with money. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. She she makes a fine living, but yeah, I need to also bring home some money. And uh, at your level of comedy, stand up comedy, that's not the case. Well, I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I, do, I have made some money off of my comedy, but I just haven't, I don't know, I, I, I'm at the stage now where I've kind of, I, I want to just retire all my jokes and start over. I uh, totally get that feeling. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I haven't spent the time to do it. So then when I get asked to do gigs, it's just like, oh, I guess I can do it, but I'm just going to, I hope no one's there that has seen me before <laughs> because it's going to be the same stuff. Yeah.
0: I must say that I was impressed with you because since I was sort of a, a fan of your sisters, I know you get this a lot, but I, I was curious with you, of course, when, mm-hmm. when I heard that you were to try out stand-up comedy. But I was really impressed with your sort of natural confidence on stage. Mm, thank you. You're welcome. It's nice.
1: Yeah, I don't really get nervous in, in much of anything, in, in really any situation, I don't know where, where that comes from, but it certainly helps in that realm. I mean, the crazy thing is, you know, I, I like I said when you say stand, like I don't really consider myself a stand-up because I do it so infrequently, and I and I and I really, I mean, I I really respect people who do do it as their life and living, and and I know quite a few stand-ups, especially Americans, and that's such a grind, and it's a really a all-day job. So I don't consider myself one but yet last year i mean last year i got i was variety magazines you know top 10 comics to watch in 2014 so i was there performing it in montreal it's just for laughs festival with you know nine other fantastic comedians all of whom were you know we, we i think we had to do 15 minutes each and they were all doing like their best 15 minutes that they've kind of honed and crafted for However many years, and I was just doing like 15 minutes that was my non-Swedish stuff <laughs> the, my, the only 15 minutes of jokes that didn't involve like American living in Sweden but, but at least you had a, a 15 minutes Oh <laughs> well, no, I kind of did some crowd work as well. okay <laughs> I had probably 12 minutes. I went fine, but it was just it was, it was interesting to be in that setting and, and, and feel maybe they didn't quite belong (laughs) there but i guess i'm i'm a comic to watch yeah for at least last year maybe this year Um, you can stop watching (laughs) i don't know i mean i i feel part of me feels that i i feel like i'm a good comedian i I don't i I feel like i'm rarely great if ever (laughs) partly because i don't have the I think in order to be a great comedian you have to really need it like you need you you need the laughs there's certain people you can just you see in in life and and on stage that just need it they need that you know they'll go anywhere to get that laugh and i don't i don't have that (laughs) if they're not laughing i'm just like "Uh, yeah all right (laughs) oh good that's it for me people yeah i uh i don't know I, i maybe i'm too well adjusted i think for a to be a, a great comedian we are at the same
0: age uh, we're both 40 i have like six months ahead of the start
1: of oh, you congratulations Life-wise. how Thank is you. it how is it for you being 40
0: well, it's it's okay but it, and and the days are numbered now i'm i mean in nine days i'm going to be 41
1: so oh i think you meant <laughs> okay i think you're you dying soon well I I the days not. our days are numbered yeah uh, yeah. I don't know what number it is, though. 41, perhaps. Well, <laughs> yeah. Just take it one year at a time. No, yeah, I'm having a bit of a... Are you having any sort of, like, midlife crisis? Or... Well, I'm Googling Rolexes far too much. <laughs> that's, that's the extent of your crisis? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm having... I'm, I'm trying to run the marathon. It's always been like kind of a... For the last like 20 years, I've been telling people I'm going to run one marathon when I turn 40. And now it's here. And as soon as I turned 40, I got, you know, 20 emails and texts like, here we go. There it is. Marathon year. So it, um, it's, I'm signed up at least for the Stockholm Marathon. So I'm training now while shooting my show. Is that why you ran here? <laughs> <laughs> I did not run here. But... No,
0: no, but you came
1: walking. In a yeah, room. there was no parking spots. So I had to go park on oh, okay. the corner. Okay. <laughs> that would be funny if I'd read. So, yeah, I have some creaky 40-year-old knees that are acting up, but hopefully I'll cross that finish line. It's just uh, 42 kilometers, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. At, all at once. Apparently you can't stop. Well, or maybe you can. I don't know. I, I'm the, not the sure. Rules. But uh, I mean, how do you feel? I mean, you you're when you you're changing careers. What what were you doing before? I was in advertising. Mm.
0: I, I realized that I and needed to be more uh, in center of attention. Yeah, I actually provoked people by saying that I, it's, it's time for me to get famous now. Uh huh. That's a good
1: goal to start with. That <laughs> I, <it's, laughs> that's like my kid's goal. You know, I ever watched like all these kid shows these days. Nicola's just like, I just want to be famous. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's just a bunch of kids that are famous, and as the the plot for all of these. I know, and films. someone
0: talked about that the other day that uh, I was hearing, and listening to a podcast, I think, and and uh, that the the old Andy Warhol quote about mm. everybody being famous yeah. for 15 minutes in the future. That that's I mean, we've passed that, and in their minds, everybody are famous now because yeah. they sort of have Instagram and they have yeah. Twitter and they, their opinions matter super much to them. Mm. So nobody thinks that wh- why should you spend like ten thousand hours learning something? Yeah, when
1: I'm already a superstar. Yeah, I think also the, sc- the, the just the fact that everyone's on screen all the time. Mm. And I know with my kids, they're not overly impressed when I'm on television no because they can be on it as well if they just set the camera up right <laughs> or if they're calling their grandparents you know they see themselves on the screen so uh, i think it's lost a bit of its magic to that generation but i don't know i mean for me it's I, I i'm petrified uh i mean changing careers this late in life was like probably the scariest thing i've done it's still scary for me i still feel i feel like i'm working much harder at this job than I did at my old job because I'm, I mean, I have kind of everything on the line. I, I you know, I don't think I can go back. Why? Going back would just it would just be like it's just that feeling of failure. Yeah, but but you do have the education and so forth. Yeah, so, so I know, but it's just I don't know. There's something about going back that. Would just be supremely depressing.
0: Is there <laughs> some part of you that uh, that regrets that is reg- regretful about
1: changing career or taking the step? No, no, not at all. I just am scared in the sense. I mean, as a lawyer, you know, it's pretty safe career in the sense you know exactly where it's going to go, and you can you know you can kind of map out your next forty years. Uh, Were you a partner at the? firm no i was uh no i I was in new york for six years so i didn't quite usually get around this eighth or ninth years when you okay become a partner and then here i was just working with a bunch of american lawyers who married swedes yeah
0: and that wasn't because you didn't you did something else right in sweden you didn't do you weren't in court
1: no no yeah i mean you kind of can't you pretty much have to go back and do the whole swedish law thing if you want to go go that route which i couldn't do so in in some ways it was it was easier the move to sweden was kind of like a middle step away from my old career so i i don't think i would have even dared to do it if it was if we were in uh, in the states but this kind of it was the first step towards a new life anyway and you know might as well go all the way but i'm super scared i mean i, I still especially because in this business i mean once the like I said, you can't map out. I don't know what's you know if if this show ends, if this is the final season, then it's it's like it's scary. I mean, I'm writing a movie and, and, and developing another show, but don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, it could be a period of total nothingness. You said that you wouldn't have
0: dared to try in in the U.S., but would you have? Could you have done it
1: in New York? No. Well, it's just, cop- we would have been too much to give up, I think, too, in terms of the job, you know, the, it was making so much money there that I, <laughs> I think it would have been impossible to come home to my wife and say, I want to do comedy.
0: That money, you didn't obviously stuff it in the mattress. No, that's
1: the money that's on my bed. Okay. Uh, that I'm yeah. rolling around. <laughs> Yeah. No, so, I mean, yeah, I, that was kind of, I don't know, I I would like like to think that I would have, but it's also... I think the opportunity there, there's so many people doing that there. It just feels like you'd be one in a million. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. So the prospect of that never really appealed to me, Of like starting from the bottom. And I think if I had done the same thing in the U.S., if I had written the same show, if, I, you know, if, I, if we were living in New York and I wrote Welcome to Sweden and, and pitched it to someone in L.A., I think maybe they would have bought it, but they wouldn't have let me play the role, I don't think or be involved in the show at all, just, uh, you know, paid me for it and yeah. moved on with some other more famous actor. So it, it was great. I mean, I, I, to go the Hollywood route through Sweden, this is really the only place that it could have happened for me. I think. Let's go take it, it back to the beginning, and we'll get to okay
0: the present. In, in a way. <clears throat> Excuse me. You were born in Boston. Yeah basically massachusetts mm-hmm. yeah. super hard to pronounce yeah i
1: know i like the way you did it though it's good have you been practicing <laughs> a little bit <laughs> it was good was it even perfect it was perfect yeah okay thank you yeah
0: and that was a little bit more than 40 years ago i've been told i don't remember that exact
1: moment but yes what what do you know about your birth about the actual day of it well yeah not much i mean i know m- my mom always talks about the. In those days, they literally knocked the woman out. <laughs> like they gave them some sort of crazy drug cocktail. Okay. So they were passed out uh-huh. when, the, when, the, when the babies came out, which is fascinating. Yeah, that's really fascinating. How <laughs> It was could- a 70s <laughs> trend. No pain, but you what? don't remember it. Okay, it wasn't a no, 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 it was, it was a natural birth, but I I mean I'm sure they were she was conscious but doesn't remember anything. It was in okay. some sort of like fog. Was your dad in there? I would assume so, but okay. I'm not sure in the room. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting. I actually don't know much about my birthday. day. Next time you're on the show, I want to know more. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Let's just just talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But I came the- out totally naked, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah unprepared <laughs>
0: yeah
1: and your parents were or perhaps even are teachers yeah they were my mom was a teacher until she retired my dad was a teacher for the first like 10 years of my life and then he uh, started doing different kind of sales things but they're both retired now. okay mm-hmm.
0: yeah. living still in massachusetts
1: yes look at you you nailed it again thanks yeah yeah they, they live in in the same house actually that we grew up in okay i've lived in the same house they've been in the same house my whole life the town
0: isn't boston it's, no, it's burlington
1: okay yeah. What
0: can you tell me about that place
1: it's a you know suburb about 20 minutes outside of boston very i would say low middle class i think a typical american suburb in many ways very self-sufficient you know it has like really like lots of business and restaurants there so people just tend to stay there and not venture into the city even very much.
0: And Boston, what what no, I haven't been there. What what kind of place is that? I know that there are loads of Irish cops there.
1: Yeah, it's Boston's a mix of the cultural elite from these, you know, universities with the old school Irish Catholic hard nose crowd. So it's it's an interesting place in that sense. I don't think I quite ever fit in there, I would say, with that mentality, even though I, I, I am I did. I am Irish, and all uh, oh, my grandparents, and uh, and grew up Catholic. So I guess I did, <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Yeah. But it's like it's Boston has an attitude of kind of like you know you think you're better than me, like that's, and uh, you know, a lot of fights, unnecessary fights. I would say, like if you're just walking in a bar and like bump into someone, you know, like hey, what, what, what do you, think? you know, and challenge to a fight five seconds later outside.
0: So it was like that for you as well. Mm-hmm that you know, sounds like sweden
1: in, <laughs> maybe i mean there was i was always really good at talking my way out of fights i think that that's that's how i developed a lot of maybe my my comedy It's in those those scary moments when somebody's challenging you to a fight on your way out to the door you can try to turn them with a joke or two
0: and there's a boston dialect as well
1: yes the, i had the boston accent yeah i still i still have it every now and then it it when i'm watching the dailies of my of my show there are times when I hear it it it's, it sneaks in
0: oh is that what's does uh, it sound
1: like the, any there's an r you just don't really pronounce it like hard instead of hard oh okay, so I have a hard on i have a hard on, yeah, yeah, I don't <laughs> but oh, I do that's why I said it okay, yeah, yeah awesome and, accents make me <laughs> <laughs> and and what what was your upbringing like who were you? I was, uh, I actually have thought a lot about this in, since when I made, after I made the career change, because I've never actually been in therapy, I've never seen a therapy, I've never t- talked too much about my upbringing or myself, so I've never really had to examine who I was. But for me, very early on, I, I, I had, I, I peaked as a person in terms of intelligence and status but really early. Like I, I was reading at two years old at a really like intense level. Where my one of my my earliest memories is my parents brought in these people to like test me for like genius stuff. Okay, they, they didn't quite know what to do with this kid who could do all this stuff at, at two years old. So I used to have all these people coming into the house and and giving me stuff. Like I, I can remember that extremely vividly. But and you, so I started school early at, like, four. You were, like, two years younger than your yeah, peers, so. a year, Yeah, a year plus. Okay. And uh, same thing, I remember the first day of, of kindergarten, you know, the teacher forcing me up there to read a, a book, Where the Wild Things Are, in front of the other kids. Just kind of like, check out this dude. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that, that was, I kind of peaked then, I think. <laughs> it's been a steady decline. But so I, I kind of always... Felt that pressure, I think, of people expecting me to be like the smart kid and not necessarily what others labeled, maybe what I labeled myself uh, because of that. And it's not actually a healthy thing to 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 have that from a very early on, like, oh, I'm special. <laughs> that feeling it can do some damage, I think. In what way? I mean, it's good for your self-confidence, but I think it's you know if i'm looking back on on how i was i think there was a lot of people from that time that i went to school with that would be like oh my god i could not stand that guy because <laughs> i thought i was uh, i thought i was better than, than them <laughs> oh, okay <Yeah. laughs> enough people tell you it you start to believe it yourself and i think it it also kind of made me lazy because it, it, school came very easy to me at a young age and I, it just seemed like it was going to be a, a breeze and i didn't have to work at it And then once the rest of everybody else caught up to me, I didn't have any work ethic whatsoever. So I really had to restart that almost at at like 16, where I uh, finally started actually studying. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Prior to that, it was all just easy. Okay. And you
0: had like straight days (laughs) up until then? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so I I think like that was kind of my role, I think, in the family. I think my sister was allowed to be a little bit more... She did well in school as well. So it wasn't, she was a bad student, but I always kind of felt that pressure. Like, you know, she's going to do whatever, but you have to do something with this. And I think with, with, you know, a lower middle-class family, it's, it's very important. Like the job, you know, thing is, you know, get a good job, make a lot of money, provide for your family. And, and if you're, if you're good in school, everybody is pushing you. Like, you know, you have to, don't waste this, you know, use it, Find a job where being good at school Mm. (laughs) applies, and um, so in many ways it kind of felt mapped out for me. I think in that sense, I kind of knew I I wanted to go the law school route fairly early on, even in high school. Why? Why? uh, How? How did you get that idea? Well, I think you know I was just looking for, like I said, you know, it's it's kind of a it's an institutional kind of thing. If if you do well in school, you get into a good law school, you get a good job as a lawyer. make a lot of money you become a partner you can i can see it it's it's Mm. one of those things where you know your your ability in school can can get you there yeah but so that's what i was interested i mean you could have become a medical doctor as well yeah i'm not not really into cutting people helping people (laughs) no No, uh never interested i'm not a science guy at all. okay but a money guy not so much money i mean it was more just it just <clears throat> seemed like a a way an easy way or not an easy way but a, but a a secure way to um to get where i want where i wanted to be but in in
0: high school and so forth you weren't but you weren't a nerd right you were no
1: well <laughs> i shouldn't say that. i guess you know you no i wouldn't say that no, no. i was i, I was uh i was also really good at sports which it helped Socially, so you was, was a really good basketball player, a tennis player.
0: But you were fairly short.
1: Yeah, thank you for that. But you were good in basket anyway. Yeah, my father was also shorter, and he was a fantastic basketball player in, in okay. college. So that rubbed off a bit. Yeah. All right. I mean, it was it was a you know white suburban league, so it's you, know, you don't have to be too tall to, oh, okay. <laughs> to play there. Yeah.
0: Boston feels like a baseball place to me. Yeah, for some reason, it is.
1: Okay. Yeah. Were you good at that as well? I was a good baseball player. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds very. Uh, now no, I'm reverting back into my. <laughs> but yeah, i was I'm. I'm. I'm good. Any sport with a ball, I think I, I'm. I'm pretty. I get good hand-eye coordination. So yeah, I did that, and, and I, th- I think you know when high school came around, I was kind of rebelling a bit uh, against what I was earlier on in, in life, so I, was, I got into a lot of trouble in, in, in high school. Okay, for smoking weed? No, there was no weed in, in our high school. We, we missed it. How come? Just drinking.
0: That sounds strange. I know.
1: It was, uh, let's see, it's like late 80s, early 90s. And it was just a dry period uh, okay. in, in, in the town. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There was, there, was, there was weed before us and after us, but okay. no, we were there. Strange. College is when I really started getting into that. All right. We were at who you were in, in school. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would recognize that kid anymore <laughs> in some <laughs> ways. But I was, yeah, so I was kind of all over the place in terms of I did well in school, but was kind of hanging with you know a slightly more rebellious crowd drinking a lot in the in the woods getting chased by policemen sometimes getting caught even that yeah okay i had some yeah some run-ins with the local (laughs) law enforcement i mean that's what at that time at least you know that's what the boston suburbs were was you know kids who got chased by policemen became the policemen and Mm -hmm. chased and chased the chasers became the chasees or vice versa and that's what the only crime in in the town was underage drinking you know so the entire force was just involved in trying to find kids in the woods did you get like a fine for that or something like that yeah well I had to well yeah I mean I got caught a couple times I had to go to these like classes instead of I could have gone to court but instead they had this like almost like drug and alcohol treatment stuff that all the it was just a bunch of teenagers who got caught in the woods okay <laughs> sitting around being forced to watch videos and talk about their lives and that's when you decided to be a lawyer that's when i said yeah i could make some money off of people like myself yeah yeah, yeah
0: you said that you were good
1: in sports but that wasn't like
0: was that a passion of you
1: yeah i mean there was a time there was times i mean i i i wasted so much time on on basketball in particular it just drives me crazy when i think back on it you know the amount of hours i mean i still i I can i still can shoot and you know but it's a skill that otherwise (laughs) doesn't come in handy (laughs) very often no Um, i play a lot of tennis now with my wife who's a good player so uh that still kind of works but on your tennis court in the (laughs) garden yes our gold of your
0: gold tennis court (laughs) of your mansion yeah (laughs) but you 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 do live in like dandrid or something some posh neighborhood right
1: yeah Stockholm. yeah you see i know you really want me to be filthy rich for the purposes of this i'm not sure why but (laughs) uh yeah we we, we do i mean it's, it's my wife's neighborhood that she grew up in actually okay the few houses down from where she grew up which is kind of weird for her yeah for her yeah, yeah.
0: not for me it's it's all new to me yeah well not now you moved here in <clears throat> 96 or something no, no 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 2006 2006 yeah uh, you moved here
1: in 2006 <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we lived in the city for the first five years mm. so we moved uh, three years ago
0: to a house I was sort of stalking you before you started doing comedy really yeah is that why I'm here right now mm, well no <laughs> what do you mean by that no but you know it started the rumor was sort of out because we uh, I'm, I'm not sure w- which forum that was in it but when we sort of now uh, anyway I'm uh, on a Facebook group called comedy nerds or something like that mm-hmm. and there was a rumor about amy poller's brother living in sweden and, <laughs> and you were sort of in the in the phone book or something like that so you it was actually possible to google you mm-hmm. but it stopped at that I <laughs> so if you if you had any like well syringes in the mailbox or so <laughs> that, that wasn't you? me no. okay
1: that's kind of a soft stock then
0: well it was yeah yeah it was Uh, all google
1: yeah Yeah. thank you for admitting that that's very that's very kind
0: well uh, yeah (laughs) i am i am an honest dude (laughs) but anyway what were your dreams growing up did you dream of being a manhattan lawyer
1: (sighs) oh i don't i don't really well i mean i think that's what this whole career change has kind of shown me is that i really didn't spend much time actually um thinking about what i wanted to do it was more always expected of me in many ways so i kind of followed that path and was on that path and probably would have been on that path for the rest of my life um if it weren't for moving here actually to sweden which kind of gave me a step away from that life anyway and then actually the whole thing changed i mean when i when i decided to do stand-up it was something that i always wanted to do actually forever because I... you you were a comedy fan yeah huge growing up huge i mean especially stand-up i was i was um, really into it did you have a
0: stand-up comedy like televised stand-up comedy when you grew up or was it like yeah well
1: I, I i used to i still maintain whenever anybody asks about my sister and i um about you know were you guys a funny family or were your parents funny I think for both of us, I think uh, the, the vast majority of our comedic sensibility comes from the fact that our parents let us have televisions in our bedroom and didn't monitor when we were <laughs> watching it. So we watched everything growing up. And I used to watch the Johnny Carson's show, The Tonight Show. It starts at 11.30 at night, by the way. Mm. I watched it almost every night. I would have the TV on. My parents would come in. I would pretend like I was asleep. They would shut it off and they'd go to their bedroom. I'd wait a few seconds and then turn it back on. Mm. And I always watched his monologue at least before I went to bed. So this is, again, I was probably getting like five hours sleep (laughs) during my middle school and high school days. That's why you're so short.
0: (laughs) No, I'm not so short. You're just very tall. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You were average, I would say. I'm average, yeah. Yeah. 179?
1: Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Can you guess my weight as well? 70. Wow, you're way off on that. What is it? It's closer to like 85 or something. Uh Uh-huh, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) You have a fat back. (laughs) That's right, I melt on my ankles. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it it all changed when I decided to do... Stand up, and even that I was expecting just to be like a, something I did on the side for fun. The first time you you
0: went up on stage, you still were working at the law firm here yeah. in Stockholm. Yeah.
1: Did you have a plan about Welcome to Sweden? I mean, the no, show? No, no, you know? not at all. Well, I, again, similar to the stand up thing, it, it, it was always something that I had been thinking about but had never planned on doing anything about. So I, I had a friend, actually, an American friend who I told, I said, I wanted to maybe do some stand up, and, uh, but actually to go back a little further, when I made the decision to, to finally do stand up is when Aziz Ansari came here to Stockholm and we went out for lunch. He asked me whether I had ever gotten into comedy and I told him this story, which is true, which when, when my sister was in graduated college, she moved to Chicago and went to improv Olympic and second city. Yeah. And I was planning on jo- joining her comedy troupe. Yeah, we went to the same college, Boston College. It's called My Mother's Flea Bag. It's like an improv group. And I was going to try out for that. But first, in the summer, I went to visit her in Chicago. And uh, the shows that I saw there were so amazingly good that I literally went home I was like, I'm never going to be anywhere near that. And those people are nobodies, you know, they're, they're all working as waiters and waitresses. So what's the point? You know, I, I can't even get to that level, which is nowhere. And it turns out, I mean, all those people went on to, I mean, it was Amy and Tina Fey and Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert, Horatio Sands, Dave keckner those, those, those are the people I was watching. Yeah. I mean, if, if you would have told me the time, and no, no, these are the, these are the best in yeah. the world at it. I probably would have, would have tried out. So I was telling Aziz that story, and he said to me, oh, really, I have the opposite story. You know, The first time I saw someone doing stand-up, I was like, I could at least be as good as that. Like, <laughs> and when he said that, I was, th- I was thinking, you know what? I was thinking kind of the same thing last night when some of your opening acts were, were, were going on. I had that same thought. When they, when they were performing, saying, like, I, I, I'm pretty sure I could be at least at that level. Yeah. Um, and so that, was, that kind of started in motion. I was like, I'm going to do that someday. And I told my friend, and he went to this, you know, Big Ben, this place here in Stockholm. And I I thought he was trying to get me uh, on for, like, the following week. And, in fact, he was. But instead, he, he went to uh, Thomas and said, hey, and my friend's in town. Ta- I think he said I was in town, an American comic on vacation or something. So he, comes, he came back and said, yeah, uh, you're on in 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even have... I had, like, an hour to prepare. But I, I'd always had it in my head, so it was more just... A matter of finally, someone giving me a microphone. I think I saw that gig. I'm I'm not
0: sure why, but I must have been there. Uh, I, well, this was at the time
1: mm. you did good, right? Yeah, it went really well. I mean, really well for a first time. Yeah, I would say you know probably if you look back on it now, okay for <laughs> for anyone else. Did you have a set list even or something? What do you mean, like written down? Yeah. No, I mean I didn't have time for that, but I had like i said i i i'd had it i had jokes in my head that i'd always in case anyone ever handed me a microphone on stage <laughs> it's it's and that's the for me that this whole career change and journey the 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 most amazing thing about it is it really wasn't 100% or even 50% of my own doing it was more like someone was like here here's a microphone and get get up there and kind of got pushed up on stage and the same thing with with the show i mean what happened that got filmed, I think, the Big Ben performance, and then someone in San Diego, a friend of a friend of mine, saw it, and he was he had it just built a comedy club there, and so he booked me to open for Tom Arnold, based on that. So I'd only done one, one gig, and then I was I was I got paid for you know opening for like six or seven shows, with Tom, which was really fun. It was like a total Forrest Gump type moments when I. I fly out to San Diego and he's like, how long have you been doing comedy? <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> so then I started doing that for a while. And, um, I met, uh, Martin Sonneby, who is a mutual friend of ours. I said to him, I, I have some TV ideas and he's like, Oh good. I'm, I'm, I meet with production companies from time to time. And so I had an idea that's kind of based, like it was like, like this actually, I wanted to do a, a kind of a talk show with, uh, american and swedish comedians and show clips of their stand-up interspersed with uh, an interview okay called Mm. you you talk funny that was my idea and he said i don't uh, i don't i don't don't like that idea at all (laughs) and so i said well i have this other idea this show welcome to sweden about my life an american that comes to sweden and he liked that idea better and asked me you know how far in the script i was and i actually hadn't written it but i I thought about it a lot. <laughs> so I went home and wrote that script, again, based on really his... You know, it's one, it's one thing to, to have an idea, but then we kind of need somebody else sometimes to say not only uh, that they think it's a good idea, but also that they think you can do it. He was that person for me, actually, in that sense. Because also, I, when I pitched it to him, I was saying, and, you know, I thought maybe we could get an American actor... To come over and play the role, and he's like, "You should, you should do it." You know, it's gonna be too expensive (laughs) for the production company if they think they have to hire an American actor. Who did you have in mind? Well, I was thinking of Ben Schwartz. You know, the guy who plays John Ralphio, Parks and Rec. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his in general, and 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 uh, that, that was what I had in mind when I was thinking of a of an actor so that's the funny i mean so when i wrote the script i still was expecting probably that i wouldn't get first of all i didn't know if anybody would read it or like it but i certainly didn't think that i would get to play it having no experience whatsoever as an actor
0: you do this (coughs) like in your lunch break or yeah Yeah.
1: i wrote the the script on a saturday okay
0: yeah up in my attic all right so so you did it in one day yeah okay i
1: did it in like Four hours did this actually end up in your show yeah okay it was almost uh, I mean you know obviously we we changed a lot of it around but it was pretty much the pilot episode of of the show and and it and it's it was straight from my own life I and mean, when I first came to Sweden I came straight from the airplane to my now wife's family summer house mm. met her whole family and drank a lot of aquavit and sang songs and took saunas and things like that so it was you know loosely based on that, and uh, yeah, it was uh, again. It was kind of in that attic on that day. Not only did I write that script, but I also wrote what I wanted the show to be, how I envisioned it, and I said it was a show we could we could get a ton of American cameos. We'll sell it in the U.S. and we'll sell it in Sweden. It'll be, it'll be the first show that's on in both places. Like I, I was just kind of fucking around, really, with, dream, with dreaming with, big. Yeah, best case scenario. Yeah. And by the and way, all happened. And by, the, and by the way, why not do that? Yeah, I think that's that's. I mean, that's certainly a lesson to be taken from that. Is is you know, oftentimes you limit yourself, of um, course, in what you think is possible. Yeah, should always should always be at least starting with the best case scenario. Exactly. And I think if you don't call it that too, I think I think a lot of times people say like, "Oh, best case scenario," and then so that means almost something that can't happen. If it, that's the best case, instead if you just say like, "This is." you know goals which is what i kind of wrote there is this this is what i think can happen yeah if everything goes right and it did yeah it was it was crazy and then when i met with felix herngren before that meeting i was so prepared to to defend i wanted to at least be able to audition for the role of bruce at that point because i was really into the script and the character and so I was kind of practicing, like, you know, like coming up with my list of five reasons why I, someone with no experience, can still you know, be the lead actor in this show, expecting that to be the biggest hurdle in this meeting. Mm. Instead, he came in and said, hey, I read the script. Uh, you know, I really, really like it. Um, I just had a couple questions. Like when you move, it, it's going to be you, right? You're, you're, you're going to be playing Bruce? And I was like, uh, yeah. And that was it. That was the only... <laughs> <laughs> discussion uh, okay. we had. It turns out later I learned from people that they, we filmed auditions for the role of Emma and those were actually my auditions. They told me after the fact that they were actually filming me, uh-huh, okay. Uh-huh. but I didn't know that. I thought I'd already had, had the role at that point.
0: Uh-huh, okay,
1: cool. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's wild that, that, that story is, uh, I mean, I, I can't imagine it ever have happened almost in any country that, Someone with no experience at all, not only writes a show and stars in it, but also like a produced it and showrunner and, you know, head writer. It's weird.
0: But you've changed
1: <laughs> the uh, production
0: company as well. Yeah. I mean
1: That was more, I think, when you are as invested in a show as, as I am in all aspects of it, what you want is the feeling that other people are as well. And... When you see people who, who um, aren't, you know, giving it their full attention, that can be frustrating. But I think in general, I mean, there wasn't really any sort of... I mean, I, I know that there's been talk like that there was some sort of huge riff between it, but there, there was not, none of that. I mean, uh, it was a pretty amicable split. We just wanted more... Last year, we had kind of shared creative control, and that's tricky. I had final say, but didn't often use it until it was maybe too late so we wanted to structure this season a little bit with more control and when you say we that's that's my sister and i okay yeah so we 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 found that we're not we're working with Yarovsky, which is a little bit better fit for us okay
0: cool congratulations <laughs> thanks before we leave your upbringing totally I'll, mm-hmm. i just have to talk a little bit about your middle name is it milmore Yes, it's a fantastic name. Really? I, that's the first person Me- that's ever said that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I've never heard. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft tissues
1: It before yeah it's my mother's uh, maiden name okay that's her last name and
0: polar up. i mean that doesn't sound very irish that sounds german to me
1: it is german but it's my father's uh stepfather's name okay so it's not actually blood relations to us so
0: your ancestry is 100 percent. no irish.
1: it's mixed you know like all americans is you know all sorts of crazy stuff going there but most Por- no portuguese dutch irish english a few other things is that your natural color of hair no no i mean close i think but yeah i i I get it dyed for the show why is that because bruce gray Uh aha yeah are you that old i'm that old yeah oh i got i have like one spot i have like a like a like a jay leno spot okay that doesn't look good in high def cameras Uh uh-huh all right (laughs) all right (laughs) yeah
0: what can you tell me about the, the second season what, what is
1: new well it 's a new season i mean we 're we're, we're winter instead of summer, so it definitely looks different depressing or no we 're trying to make it um, as non depressing as possible That's Shoot, shooting <laughs> shooting during that one hour when the, the the sun hits the snow in the perfect light Yeah, uh, that, that one hour <laughs> a month <when> that <laughs> yeah no i 'm excited about it I mean obviously I, you know when, when you I'm always fascinated when someone says like, so how, you know, how do you you think the show's going? Because, you know, I, first of all, I think about the show all day long for months. And then, you know, we write the show for months all day long. And then we shoot it, and then I come home, and I'm I'm watching the dailies, and then I'm, you know, I'm editing it, and like, if at the end of that process, if I was like, yeah, it's not so good, you know, like it's, (laughs) I'm, of course, I think it's good, Uh, you know, otherwise I would have changed it. (laughs) By now, so but then again, you're so close to it that it's impossible to be objective. But
0: by, and by that point, when you talk about film, movies, I mean, there's so much people in production that it's actually a miracle that it doesn't. Not every movie is a fuck up. I yeah. mean, with with the investors and stuff. Yeah, I guess it's <laughs> even though you are. I mean, you're the showrunner, as you, you say, but still. There's so many many other factors that can fuck stuff up.
1: yeah, but I do think the the job of the showrunner is to is to try to prevent that from happening and to try to take in all of those voices and 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 hopefully make them add to it, and not detract or subtract from from the, from the show. I think I've done a much better job of that this year. Last year, I had no idea what I was doing in any phase. (laughs) So we've kind of streamlined that a bit. Like last year, there was a lot more of um, input coming from the American and Swedish producers. And then oftentimes, those were competing notes. So we've kind of gotten everybody more on the same page, I think, this year. But I think in general, I mean, last year, we structured it very differently. I'm not sure if anyone ever picked up on this, but the show, the 10 episodes, really never involved any other characters unlike almost every sitcom nowadays which has an a b and c plot our episodes last year we just had like basically bruce and bruce and emma plots the whole time there was one storyline that didn't involve them and that's when bruce went back to new york so that we had to fill the time That was a choice we made it was to make it really only about the two of them and make that season be all about the relationship and his, whether he's staying or not. I think season two, now we, we've, we've, that's done. That story is done. I think now it's, it's, it's structured, at least in a more traditional way where we're utilizing the, the other characters and giving them their own storylines. Yes.
0: What mistakes did you do that you're not gonna repeat on this season?
1: I mean, I, th- you know, I think any first season is kind of a feeling out process. I think if you, uh, I have talked to a lot of other showrunners, and they all say that same thing. It's like a miracle if you get to if you get to the second season, that's a miracle in, in, in and of itself, and then you'll look back on the first season and be like, "Holy crap, was that off? I'm not at that stage. I don't think I mean I'm super proud of the first season. I think uh, we did everything almost that we wanted to do. Of course, now that I look back on each episode, all I see is the things that I would do differently. So I think the way it's shot, we're changing up a bit. We've gone to more moving cameras, moving pictures, rather than kind of the classic stationary camera. So I think it's going to look a lot different, season two, in terms of the movement of the show. But otherwise, it's... Yeah, I think we're kind of following the same formula. It's basically the same same group, Mm. back together, and we changed just one writer really and josephine couldn't do it because she was pregnant so otherwise it's the same same group back again
0: but she's back (coughs) working of course and yeah and how uh, old is her
1: child Uh, i think he is five months okay cool yeah he's around yeah all right set (laughs) okay yeah Fantastic! I'm seeing a lot of him these days.
0: Yeah, yeah, but that's great. I mean,
1: there should be a baby on every workplace. Mm. Yeah, it's good for the sound sound people. Yeah, right? they they're, really, they're, really... <laughs> they're impressed.
0: I'm still not done with your time in the U.S. Really, go for it. Yeah, because you have like a field of expertise in law. What 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 is that?
1: I'm... Yeah, I was an intellectual property lawyer, which is like uh, trademarks, copyrights, and patents
0: but did you spend time in in court ever Yeah
1: I was a I was a uh, litigator so that's I just worked on that like cases basically trademark cases mainly What was your biggest case Apple versus <laughs> Well I had a lot of big cases but um I remember my first case was was uh suing Muhammad Ali oh. <laughs> somebody I forget I forget the specifics of the case but I remember it was Somebody was, wanted to sell one of his, his uh, robes that he wore during one of his fights. And there was a dispute over who owned what. Did you win? We settled. Okay. Yeah, most cases end with settling. All right. I can remember walking into the party's office and would be like, oh, here's your first case. <laughs> it's like You against the most beloved <laughs> American icon that you can think of. Yeah. So that was a good way to start. But no, I liked, uh, th- those cases actually Where, as far as litigating goes, trademark and copyright cases tend to be matters that really just need to be figured out, like re- real disputes that both sides are kind of feel that they're right, which is unusual, I think, in, in the law. I think a lot of times, especially in litigation, you, you have a clear kind of good guy, bad guy, and you have to choose one or the other. And generally, the bad guys are the ones that are paying a lot more. But in that uh, in that field, it's it's... It's usually just two companies that really need to figure it out. Now, how did you end up being an expert in that? Just, I took uh, classes in in law school and really liked, actually Trademark was my favorite class in law school. And so when I was looking for firms, I was looking for firms that specialized in that when I was doing my internship. And then from there, yeah, that, that was the firm that I was at. It was just that can you use your knowledge in this in your new career in any way a little bit in the sense of you know registering certain trademarks for the show and things like that i do that myself yeah i think i'm a little bit more aware of when we're shooting you know when there's products on the table make sure that it's not facing (laughs) the camera if they don't pay (laughs) yeah okay if we don't pay all right one or the other okay I think I'm more aware of that than than Swedes are, but no, but otherwise no, there's no there's no real crossover. Other than I will say litigating in general, I think, really helps my stand-up career, just in the sense that arguing in front of a judge and there's somebody else there that is trying to literally stop you from, you know, by objecting Mm. the the pressure and tension there is so high and it's so nerve wracking that when I'm up on stage Unless someone's heckling, it's, you know, it's, it feels like a much safer environment in many ways. But heckling doesn't really happen in Sweden, right? Does exactly. It? So, in that sense, if, like, uh, in terms of nerves, I can always be like, well, at least no one's going to yell out, objection to mm. one of my jokes. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> objection, not funny. But <laughs> if, if, if you are to heckle Greg Pohler, that's how you do it. <laughs> that's, that <would> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's the blueprint. Yeah. That's actually a really funny. Heckle now that I think about it. In yeah. general, yeah, <laughs> you should try that. <laughs> College
0: in the U.S. You have to pay for that in some way. Yeah, I guess. How yeah. did
1: you do that? Well, I got a scholarship for it, so that was about half of it. Why? Just like an academic scholarship. Oh, and okay. They give it to people who I don't know qualify for it. And then uh, my parents paid the other half. Yeah. yeah. They pay for both of us to go through. So you don't
0: have CSN or some equivalent? For loans, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah,
1: totally. I mean, I had to do that for law school. Yeah, okay, I, I, uh, law school, I took out loans myself.
0: Did you get education in Sweden as well?
1: Yeah, I, I, when I moved here, I, I, I uh, got my master's at Stockholm University for European intellectual
0: property law. Okay. So you could actually do some of that stuff here as well?
1: Mm, maybe. I guess in theory, but... I haven't done much of it, no. And that's behind you now. (laughs) I guess. I mean, I guess that's my fallback. Yeah, that's my that's my worst case scenario. I think. I know that you're settled here now, and as we
0: said, you have three children. But is there a plan to ever go back to the U.S.?
1: Well, uh, our plan has always been: once the kids go off to college, which we're assuming would be in the U.S., that we would kind of follow unfortunately we keep having more kids so that that keeps getting longer and longer but well, is there even more coming no but i mean our daughter's two so that yeah. that's now, now that's 16 years from now yeah whereas my son is 10 so it would have been eight years if we had if we had stopped yeah i don't know we we, we bought a house in florida with my uh my my parents actually okay so they're there now, and uh, we so we go back quite a bit there into Boston, and I'm back. I'm to LA, I'm in L. A. quite a bit now, so it feels like we're kind of straddling both countries.
0: Or in L. A. for work reasons. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Your show was picked up by NBC, right? Yeah, and that's a fantastic thing for a Swedish, and then that must be like that's never happened.
1: Yeah, before. I think it's the first ever European show. I think on a m- American. Uh, major network uh, i think i don't want to be, i'm sure somebody's going to double check that and call well, me a liar but i think it's true yeah because even like the uh the british shows you know growing up like monty python and those type of stuff and even like the you know the office they either remake or it's it's on pbs or cable or something so okay so it couldn't have happened in a better way or yeah, I mean, also with the subtitles, too. I think it's it's definitely the first show with subtitles on American Major Network. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, like I said, it was always part of my plan was to try to sell it to the U.S. And we had had some interest from Netflix early on, actually an offer from them when we were making it. So we knew when we were making the show that it was going to at least be there and have an, an, a U.S. Um, audience. And then I was always thinking of a smaller cable network. Actually. Epics or not even that i was thinking more uh, like smaller smaller okay. <laughs> so one of those obscure channels at the end of the cable box and then when nbc became interested it was uh, yeah it was, i mean total dream come true it was crazy and and for me it was i mean they they basically signed an, an option with us whereas you know they saw the mini pilot that we put together and then but didn't officially uh, agree to air it until we delivered all the episodes so they so that's that was the ultimate validation mm. for me was that they watched all the whole season and then said, "Yeah, like we really like this and we really want it to be on." So,
0: and it did really well. Yeah, it did well there. Yeah, it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, so I mean, we got a second season. So yeah, yeah, it's it's great.
0: But aren't you rich now? <laughs> <laughs> now we're back on me uh, instead of my wife. But no. I mean NBC. It <clears throat> sounds like it's going to be. A- I mean, since you do everything yourself as, as well, yeah, it must be a huge, <laughs> huge uh, pile of money. Yeah, yeah. for L-
1: that, I guess it's uh, it's it's more about the the non monetary gains. You're so so <laughs> Swedish now that you can't even discuss money. <laughs> no, it's yeah, I'm I'm doing I'm doing okay. Yeah. Do you have a fresh T-shirt? It's, it looks new. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's a very expensive T-shirt. Yeah.
0: yeah. Speaking of which, you've been living here for... S- next year is going to be 10 years, right? Yeah. How Swedish do you feel?
1: I feel um, I feel very Swedish when I'm in the U.S. And I feel very American when I'm here, I would say. I'm somewhere in between. American or something. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna become a citizen i think soon i sent in my paperwork finally okay yeah what I does that they say yes i don't know all right the process is
0: is that a good thing for you legally it doesn't really affect me legally because uh, if you do it the other way around it's going to be you're going to be double taxed for the re- rest of your life
1: and you right yeah yeah well I'm, I'm, i get that anyway okay yeah i have to pay both places that sucks. Yeah, That's why you're not filthy rich. <laughs> That's why I'm not discussing it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, well, Sweden taxes are generally high enough that you don't have to pay um, American taxes. But So, in terms of s- Swedishness, how,
0: I mean, are you a feminist, for instance?
1: I think, but so, I hope everybody is. Yeah. Uh, that word, I don't quite they're- understand that people who say they're not. I mean... Everybody
0: aren't, I can tell you.
1: Um, yeah. But I mean, it depends on how you phrase the. you know, you know, but if you if you say, are you feminist? Uh, p- some people would say no. But then you say, what well, do you think, you know, women should be entitled to the same things as men? And people like, oh, yeah, of course. And it's like, okay, that's kind of the definition. Um, exactly. So I think it's just the word maybe that turns people off. It might be, yeah.
0: Do you bore your American friends with how great our free kindergarten system is as well? <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course.
1: Yeah, I, I paint paint a rosy picture. Yeah, you when do, I'm but to them. but that's that's a big difference, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I will say, like the you know the Swedish taxes are crazy high, but you at least can tangibly see what they're what they're being used for. You know, in terms of you know your your kids' daycare is free, and their schooling is free, and the healthcare and things like that. Whereas if you, in the American system, of course, you get more money back, but then you have to have all these extra things that you're paying. And so if you did the calculations, I bet you would come out about equal, actually, Mm. in terms of, you know, what you're paying for.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Um, It's interesting to
0: see. Yeah, but also, I mean, I I have friends, Swedes living in in the US, and it always ends up with the... Woman being at home because it's too yeah. expensive to have children in in mm. kindergarten and so mm. forth, and also the what's that called? It's called some taxering in Swedish. I think. I, I mean that once you're married, that you are taxed together. Yeah, we had that too, but we I think we stopped doing that in the sixties or something like that. Mm. So, in terms of equality, I I would guess that Sweden has has come further.
1: I would guess so. Yeah, but yeah, I would assume so. I think, in general, especially when it comes to like co-parenting, I think this place really figured it out. I mean, I was on paternity leave with all three of my kids, and when I try to describe that to my American friends, they just can't even fat. They don't get it maybe even the concept of <laughs> staying at home for an extended period of time it's 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 so different there and you were like yeah i, w- I was home for six months
0: <clears throat> six months yeah not six fired. hours <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah yeah so that's that's nice i think that's that's the good thing about living here is is you do feel like you're kind of a little bit more connected f- f- familially family-wise but
0: but you you've said in the interviews that you sort of miss having friends and is it still like that
1: or do you yeah i mean i th- most of my friends here are americans i have very few swedish friends for whatever reason is it because you're cocky and... <laughs> because you're a cock <laughs> is it because you're an asshole perhaps <laughs> no i think a lot of it is the english actually yeah I mean I can speak Swedish but I'm terrible at it so if I start that way I'll generally tend to by the end of the night be speaking English and forcing somebody else to and I think I think there's something about that that maybe people they don't mind hanging out with me for short periods of time but not not long periods here I can be your friend or it could just be I'm an asshole well (laughs) I can be your friend thank you yeah you're welcome if I get some of your bad money Some of it tends to fall off during the night. I think you can <laughs> just come
0: by. Well, you're unique in that way that you have a show that's running both in the U.S. and, and Sweden. In what way would you say that people react differently to it?
1: Yeah, it's it's fascinating. I think when you, like the show itself is almost like a sociological experiment to see you know what people take away from it. And I think in general, I mean, I I think partly because it was my first. Show, and I was kind of intensely diabolical on in figuring out what people were saying I mean there's nobody that knows more about what people think of my show than i do i've I've read everything like on everything, every tweet, every blog, every article in both places and we 're on in a bunch of different countries too i've even read those articles. Google translated them okay yeah. <laughs> and I think in general, when it comes to the audience, the audience is pretty consistent in in all these countries. We tend to have about like 80% people that really like it, 10% that don't really care, 10% that think it's the worst show they've ever seen. Uh-huh, okay. Which is odd to me that 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 happens. But I think that's almost as good as you can do for a comedy is batting around 80%. So I'm super happy with it. I think the interesting, like if you look at critics in in the U.S., we did really great, and, you know the, again like eighty something percent of all the reviews there, if you go to like Rotten Tomatoes, but they were reviewed as like this really low key, subtle, charming show. Swedish critics like think that we 're way over the top slapstick' <laughs> it's, that 's fascinating to me mm-hmm. to see. The same show being being perceived so radically different
0: and it's also fascinating in in a way because i think that sweden in, in comparison with for instance germany or so we're so brought up with american comedy i mean everything on television is american and everything i mean every everybody knows everybody's seen more american television here than swedish almost Yeah. So it's sort of strange that there is a difference in. But maybe it's if it would have been if your show would have been American
1: altogether, it might have been perceived differently here. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, you you talk about like Swedish critics. You're really talking about like you know one or two people that kind of dominate the conversation and, and keep. I mean, you know, we had one critic that wrote like five articles uh, about the show. We only had 10 episodes and he like you know, kept, kept it's a weird phenomenon to not like a show and then to continue watching it and to continue writing about how much you don't like it. Yeah. I mean, generally I would think that if you didn't like it, you would just not watch it anymore. Mm. Um, Is that the guy that you you
0: went into a debacle with? Yeah. It was immediately...
1: Well, we don't have to get into that, but... We could get into it. It's pretty interesting. Okay, let's do that. (laughs) You're not fascinated
0: by it. Yeah. Because what happened was that he wrote, as you said,
1: tons... Yeah. I mean, it was really, you know, like I said, we we had 10 episodes, and I think he wrote four articles about, you know, how much he hated the show. And then the last one was was like... uh, it's this word in Swedish like saw, you know, saw, I got like sawed. It's like a thing, you know, I totally sawed this, uh, this, what? look how, like, I totally trashed this, check it out, you know, spread the link. So it's a thing to kind of really take some show down, I guess, because I've seen it now, not just shows, but people too, yeah. or speeches or something. Mm. seems to be a very Swedish thing. We don't really have that concept in the U.S. where you, a critic like tries to write something that just totally takes something down. No. You have that. Uh, what's it called on Comedy Central?
0: When you you have roasts, yeah, uh, sort of, yeah, but it's not the same thing no. because you're, yeah.
1: that's sort of tongue that's, in cheek. Yeah. Right? So anyway, so in, in this final article, you know, again, he says, you know, you know I hate the show, but then he, he, I mean, this is the this is the week that we got word from NBC that they wanted to show the the show, which was like one of the happiest moments of my life. And so on my, like, personal Instagram, I put on, like, I said, like, I can't believe it, you know, Welcome to Sweden is going to be on just like these other shows on Thursdays, you know, and like Seinfeld and Cheers, like my favorite shows growing up, Cosby show and things like that. And he, like, starts the article by saying, by first of all, po- reposting my Instagram photo, which obviously is public, but whatever, and says, like, what he failed to mention is that all of these, sh- none of these shows were summer shows. And it's like... <laughs> What it's like, I'm just trying to figure out what type of person does that. Like, like what, what could be the motivation for that? It's like, because he doesn't like the show, he's like not trying to make me feel bad about NBC buying it? Like, trying to crap on this accomplishment? Uh, it was weird, to be yeah. honest, when I saw that. It was like, there's something else going on here. Like, beyond his dislike for the show, there's something really personal happening. It's, at least that's how it felt to me. Mm. And then also he started... Trashing one of the actors on the show, this guy who played you know a supporting role, and said I he, I checked him out and he's it turns out he's not an actor he's a yoga instructor like just again really personal attack for no reason and secondly this guy was a he is an actor and he auditioned for the role you know and got it over a bunch of other maybe more established actors because we felt he was good for the role but still you know it's just it's it was it was a weird article all of that. In context for, for my for my buffoonery, which happens, I have a friend over we're reading this article. I was showing him the article, and we were both like hey, what like what is what's up with this guy? you know screw this guy basically so we uh, we wrote uh, like what we thought was pretty funny, which like I googled translated we google translated things and put it in so it was like crappy Swedish. I think I posted like three things, like it's it's hard to write with your head up your ass. <sighs> this is why, you know, people who works with this guy, you know, doesn't like him. It's just really stupid, silly stuff that we thought he would read and delete. Mm. In fact, he did do that for mine. I think I posted three things, and I don't think any of them are up there. Obviously, knowing they were fake and all from, you know, a flood of them coming into this blog. Keep in mind, I'm 40 years old, by the way. <laughs> so, this is what 40 year old fathers of three do. But it was such like a non like I don't know. It was uh, you know a two minute thing, and we 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 went out play golf, and then uh, wake up the next morning, and there's an article, another article, <laughs> number six, that's uh, pinpointed that these came from you know my area where I live, and uh, I couldn't believe it. Mm. I mean partly because it was just such a stupid like not thought out thing, two minute thing that became this big story. And then my publicist said, you know, don't do anything. Just it's a small site no one's going to, you know, just and I was like I'm not going to let this be out there. I'm, I'm going to at least going to admit that I did it. And that he was actually right. I shouldn't have done that because then it became, you know, Welcome to Sweden star admits Net hate, which is like a Swedish thing too. I don't know what it was cyberbullying, I guess it would be. Yeah, which you know, it's not the case at all. It was more like the headline should have just been like, "Welcome to Sweden, creator is an idiot." Like that would have been—I <laughs> would have far preferred that. But since that time, it, it, it's gotten a lot easier for me because he's conti- the guys continued to write stuff like. He, but but you yeah. had a big expose about you know all the problems on set. And that uh, FLX walked away uh, without wanting any money, which is like just completely false. You know, we had to pay millions of crowns to to move on from that deal. So it just it's it's helped me in a sense you, it's it's been further evidence that there's just something else going on uh, with with that guy. But but you had to sort of publicly apologize. I didn't have to, but but, but I but did, you did it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, silly thing i mean i honestly i just felt i I thought he would just erase them and they made the choice obviously that it would be you know get more hits again to to embarrass me and yeah, yeah. they're entitled to do that if i if i i mean i i own that if, the, if you know but uh but for me to all of a sudden in in the, in, in that uh relationship to all of a sudden be the, be the one labeled as as the bully <laughs> it's just laughable to me yeah. But also, I mean, you know, it, same thing, they they posted the one bad review we got in the U.S., of course, mm. and then the latest thing for him is, you know, because we had, like you, like I said, you can see our reviews in the U.S., they're, they're actually quite good, and uh, he claims that, yes, you know, the L.A. Times and New York Times and Hollywood Reporter and all those places gave us good reviews, but they weren't the top critics, so the... So now he's, <laughs> in an effort to prove that he, his viewpoint is right, he's now going after, he's now trashing, you know, some of the critics from the top entertainment magazines in the U.S.
0: Have you met him personally? No, I,
1: that's what the weird thing is. It's, it's, it's a weird, um, I just don't quite get uh, the motivation, uh, you know, to, to be so, for someone you haven't met, to be so uh, hateful of you and your, Show. And like I said, it, I'm, I, you, you know that bad reviews are going to happen, of course, and that's fine. I, I mean, I, we had some bad reviews in the U.S. too, but they just wrote it and moved on. They didn't write it and then try to prove that it's objectively a bad show. It's, it's weird. It's, it's weird to me to, I don't know if that's a Swedish thing or, or what, but to want to be so right that you want everybody else to... Agree with you, and then when when the evidence is the, to the contrary, when people like it, and when other critics like it almost uniformly throughout the world, and to still say no, 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 not that they don't count, they don't, it's Still, my it's my opinion that that matters. But I mean, now it's now that I see that it's so much easier for me because I mean, I'm sure there'll probably be a. 5,000 word article about this now that we're talking about and, and second season 10 more articles about how crappy it is so I'm definitely ready for that I would like to meet him someday I think that would be fascinating yeah maybe you yeah. could have lunch yeah
0: well, I'm sure he coffee. would love that
1: yeah. yeah I would just like to you know they have so full of questions for him I, you know, I just don't quite understand that type of uh, person
0: you should do a promo for season 2 when
1: you meet him <laughs> Yeah. Or not. Yeah, it could be fun. I'm, 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 I'm willing to, uh, I'd be fascinated to know what, what's going through his head.
0: You also said that you are working on a, a
1: movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm writing a movie with uh, Cecilia Forsch. Aha. Uh-huh. Fors. Yeah. Um, Fantastic actress. Yeah, she's great. Very, it's, very, it's kind very of reverse. beautiful. It's also. about a uh, Swedish actress that moves to L.A. She's great. It's called Saga. So I'll hopefully be done with that and pitching it in June when I'm out there. Fantastic. Yeah. Good luck with that. Thanks. I'm developing something else with Ulf Kvansler as well, which is based on a Swedish idea of his that we're going to try to sell in the US as well. Okay. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. It's It's a good time now for Swedes in LA, it seems. Yeah, Sweden's a hot brand. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, being in Los Angeles, it's sort of every other person that you meet is a Swedish. So you can't (laughs) really talk shit about people anymore behind their backs. Can I ask you, because you knew when you decided to write the show and sort of do comedy instead, you knew that you would be compared to your sister, of course. Mm. Does that sort of piss you off that you... Still have to sort of um, relate to her in any yeah.
1: given situation. I think it's like this. Um, right? It's good and bad. I think there's good parts and bad parts of it. I mean, the the good part, of course, is I, I don't think anybody would have given me the chance actually if it wasn't for that. I think I got a lot of benefit of the doubt. Which, like, well, let's hope <laughs> there's there's something else in that family, some level of talent, and I think it draws more attention to the show because of that which is good and uh, you know and it's also i I guess
0: it it helped her name helped when you sold it to the u.s and so forth of course
1: of course and her name helped to get the meeting with nbc certainly they they, they would would have never gone by their desk otherwise so yeah i mean it it helps help me certainly get my foot in the door and and it's and to be known as amy poehler's brother is great i mean you know i'm fine with that that's I love her so it's um it's better than being like charles manson's brother i guess <laughs> <laughs> uh, i wouldn't assume so <laughs> maybe i don't know I, mean, I hear he's a great guy his brother <laughs> but the flip side of that of course is like you're saying you know like a lot of reviews sometimes last year were like and i think the new york times review in, in general which i always think about because it, it was a really great review actually they really liked the show they liked the characters but they were like, uh, but, you know, he's the weak link, you know, and he's not as good as his sister. And it's a couple like that, and it's like, oh, man, I'm, I hope I'm not as good as she is. That would be, imagine how badly that would speak of her someone who's been doing it for 20 something years to have her brother just <laughs> on his first try <laughs> be better. Yeah. I think there's no other job where, where someone would expect you to be as good as someone who's been doing it for 20 years and so i think that those comparisons are a little unfair for for that reason just for experience reasons and also because my character is more of the straight guy in the in the show uh, as well so it's not i'm not trying to be overtly comical in my role so yeah and and also you know a little bit of a chip on my shoulder like which maybe you sensed when when, when that last question when the nbc question because you know i do sense that you know that 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 uh feeling is is out there in terms of you know a lot of people saying like oh you know she got her brother a show like you know she went to NBC and said <laughs> I want my brother's show on whereas to me knowing how hard I worked on the show and then delivering all the episodes to them and having them watch it and having them really base their decision on the the actual show the content of the show like i said of course the only reason why they watched it is because of her and her connections but i, mean, I feel like i really earned that myself in terms of um getting it on the air there and um the success of the show i feel you know is the result of a lot of my own hard work Mm. so when you work on something so hard and so diligently and for so long and then someone says like it's her show or you're the only reason why you got it is because of the connections of course it's 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 hurtful
0: but on the other hand, I mean, not to, to sort of take down what you're saying, but I mean, if you have, when your movie is out and your next show is out and you are on season seven of, of Welcome to Sweden, I mean, it's going to be a different thing, but you, you're you still going to, I mean, as you say, you, you've been in the business for like two years yeah. and she's been in it, in it for 20. It's, of
1: course, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, it's, I, I think it'll always be, it's, I can't imagine, I, I think it's a, it, it will be difficult for me to overcome that and not always be viewed as just uh, her brother. And like I said, I'm act- actually generally fine with that. It's not something that bothers me. It bothers me more when, when you know, the perception that I feel, maybe sometimes that people think that um, the show itself is kind of the result of her connections. But, but there's nothing I can do about that. And also, when it comes to comparisons, I mean, like I said, like a, the New York Times article, for example, you know, they, they they praise the show, they praise the other characters, and the and the and the scripts, and I mean, I did all that, <laughs> you know, it's like, but he's not funny. Is, is the thing? It's like, okay, but I wrote, I I made those characters and 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 wrote that those lines, so my character's not funny, maybe, but. I'd like a little more credit there. So I think in general, I mean, not just when it comes to my sister's connections and things like that, but the stage I'm in right now in general is somewhere in between being unbelievably thankful and, and, and have so much gratitude for being given the opportunity to do it. And then the flip side is a huge chip on my shoulder because I've been working so hard, you know, that, you know, it, it becomes almost defensive in many ways. Yeah. So I'm somewhere in between. I, I you know, b- by the hour I kind of change my moods depending on, on how I'm feeling.
0: But isn't isn't it also? I mean, because you you seem to be really rational about the the bad critique that you get. But isn't it like that for everybody that you, you can yeah. g- get one hundred, one thousand five hundred positive tweets, but it's still going to be the two yeah, no
1: doubt bad ones. I'm still thinking stick. about what well, is one. One guy wrote like, like last year, like that he just didn't like my face. <laughs> he said, "Watching Welcome Sweden, it's okay. I just can't stand this, the main character's face." or Something like that, and uh, like, for some reason, I can't stop thinking about that tweet. Like, what is with my face? Is it is it that offensive that you would you know take the time to craft a tweet about it? Uh, I find that <laughs> find that interesting, but no, it's it, it's it's certainly especially it's not just because you know there's a bad or negative review and if you're an actor i think it's easier but for me i mean i like i said i produce the show i show run it i i write it i come home i i I shoot i come home like my days now we shoot basically 12 hour days or so and then i come home and i watch the dailies from the night before i'm trying to get better and and Editing it as well, or helping edit, it. and 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 so at the end of that, there's so much work that goes in, and you you're, you're making something you think is good, or at least not terrible. That when somebody else says that they hate it, it's it's per, it's really personal, um, mm. more so than than like anything else could be. It's you know it's like working on a painting for 18 months and 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 crafting it just the way you want it, and then finally unveiling it and having someone be like, oh. That's terrible. You begin to question your own taste. Mm. But luckily, the, the the good the good ones and the good tweets. I, I, it's still worth for me to to scroll through. I haven't gotten to the stage where the the bad ones totally cancel out the good ones. But you need like the ratio to be about nine to one for it to be worth it. Because the one is is you know the one bad one is is ten times as hurtful as as the the good ones are good. I had to move our interview
0: one week and and then i said that i hate myself for doing that and you said mm. well something funny back and you s- said s- keep uh, hating yourself <laughs> yeah but for
1: other reasons not yeah exactly yeah.
0: Uh, but and i said that uh, don't worry i'm swedish <laughs> and i th- sort of thought that that was a swedish uh, thing because if i would generalize i would say that Americans seem more confident, but I mean, it's still because this is a confidence thing, right? That you, mm. the bad critique, sort of sticks so hard with you.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I, I think it's less about confidence. It's just it's. It's just so. Like I said, when you work on something that you think you make it, that you think is good. To see somebody else, it's something about tweeting too. It's like it's another level of somebody d- doesn't like it so much that they're writing about it, mm. but how much they don't like it. Yeah, it's, 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 it stinks, but it's, I, I'm so much better at it now. Now I can laugh those off, you know, the I don't like his face tweets much easier than I did when I started. Cause, I mean, it, you know, it, there's no other really business. Like if people don't like your face, I bet you there's been a lot of people that haven't liked my face throughout my, <laughs> my, my years. It's just nobody has told me. or said it aloud. objection your honor that's an ugly face objection i don't like that guy's face (laughs) so that's that's part of the deal i think with once you get into this business is you know it's gonna happen but it's hard hard to prepare for
0: overruled yeah (laughs) yeah would you like to
1: recommend something well let's tie this all together into 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 this interview i would say i would like to recommend for people to really think about what they want to do in life and i think before I did this, you know, whenever I heard about someone who said, follow your dreams, you know, it, it felt so ridiculously cliche. And Actually, my father used to, I remember watching a show with my father when he, somebody was saying that, and he was like, oh, give me a break, follow your dreams. The only, the only people who say that are people who, who became successful. You never hear the person who followed their dreams and didn't make it. And he was like, those people would be, take the job, you know, take the, take the steady job. But... The more I've thought about it, the, I think the more wrong he is actually about that. And that even the people who have pursued what they wanted to do and failed, they still feel better than the person who didn't try at all and, and took the, 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 the steady route the steady job. So I just think I would recommend people figure out what makes them happy and what they really want to do and it doesn't have to be as drastic as as what we did as far as a career change it can be something you know that you just a hobby you want to learn how to play the piano but it's never too late to do it i mean i think we're proof of that as we embark on our middle age careers and lives And, and there's the tendency i think for to think that it's too late and that you missed it you missed the opportunity but um i'm certainly proof that that's not true
0: we should have a late bloomers club
1: or something. Yeah, I like it. It'd be me and you and Charles Manson's brother. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, who, who do you think I should interview on Warvet? You know who's interesting? You might want to check out is Abby Cornish. You know, she's an Australian actress. She was Robocop's wife in the latest. Ah, uh-huh, okay. She's Kinnaman's Kin- 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 wife in Robocop. All right. And has been in a lot of films, but has, not, has recently embarked on a rap career rap music career fantastic yeah there's has so, like she's got a lot going on
0: like a joaquin th- phoenix thing but in reality but real yeah. yeah okay
1: yeah so i've seen a bit of her she's got a lot of good things going on she's an interesting person she's, do you have a number something. i do yeah i can we can set that up perfect <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time thank you man it's good, to see, good to be here
0: Okej, det var Greg Poehler det och om jag tar med mig något från den här intervjun så är det väl att man kommer rätt långt om man bara struntar i självcensuren och kastar sig ut, ja det låter lite klyschigt kanske men det är ju verkligen sant. Tack så hemskt mycket för att du lyssnade. Gav mer mersmak så prenumerera gärna på Varvet International. Följ Greg Poler förresten i sociala medier. Han heter gpols22 på Instagram och Greg Poehler på Twitter tror jag. Jag heter för övrigt Triumf Triumph och Varvet International heter Varvet Podd på Twitter och Instagram. Så var det med det. Tack så mycket till Uber som sponsor av Varvet International och älskade lyssnare. Skaffa ett Uberkonto och ange koden VARVET så åker du alltså gratis för 150 spänn. Tack till Lovisa Olsson som klipper och tack till Kristina Görling-Birro som producerar. Vi hörs på söndag om du vill i vanliga svenska varvet. Hej, hej! When you make decisions för your company, you look for the no brainers